the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives, sponsored by RC Auto, me and myrc.com. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Rescuers radio show, heard on faithtalk1360.com, and uh, we'll be on air every Thursday night from five at 5.30. And also uh, go into the Salem Broadcasting stream right after that. So easy to find all the podcasts. Uh, my guest right now is Vince Piano. Vince, hello. Hello, Art. Thank you for having me. And uh, Vince is the director of chaplaincy at the Maricopa County Sheriff's Department. And I want to know how you ever got there. You have a lot of stories in between. But how, how does one become the chaplain and head of the chaplaincy at the sheriff's department yeah it is a long story <laughs> means they can't see me i'm 61 years old so um hey, you're sitting next to somebody that's a lot older than you. okay so there's there's <laughs> that's a jeremy not me no <laughs> definitely no. a few stories in there yeah. but um be succinct as uh born and raised phoenician my uh, mother's family were farmers out here in the 1800s um wow as uh I grew up and saw the city grow. I decided to become a Phoenix police officer. Um, that was in 1982. I did uh, 32 years there uh, through many changes, uh, both in law and in um, enforcement tactics and different types of policing, community-based policing, area manager policing. Uh, after that, I was at the Arizona Attorney General's office. What did you do there? Well, I was a special agent supervisor and uh, director or commander over a state task force that targeted uh, organized money laundering, national and international money laundering. So tracking money um, My goodness. from human trafficking to uh, drug smuggling to fraud to... Um, elderly fraud, so uh, just following uh, the trail of where why crimes are committed by major organized crime and money has to get back to them. So we would trace it, identify areas of uh, significance where it generates from, and then pass that out to formulate a investigative strategy or a strategy to combat that and help victims. Now, was that under more than one uh, AG? Was it Bill Montgomery most of the time? or oh, This is state, though. 
it, not it counting. Was, yeah, you know, okay. I started with Terry, Terry Goddard. Okay. And then, of course, now with Mark Burnovich. Yeah. Um, and with that state task force, it encompassed uh, Phoenix Police Department had a squad under me. Uh, Department of Public Safety had a squad. We had um, also we would have it's changed, but the Homeland Security. Yeah, I would have called it something different when <laughs> when we started. Um, and then other agencies we would partner with to do uh, technical investigations. So those are investigations that take a lot of approval through courts. So we're talking about wiretaps, surreptitious warrants, um, undercover type um, um, elements to gather evidence. And so a lot of cartel stuff. Being this close to the border, I think what a lot of people don't understand is yeah. uh, we're the we are the transshipment point for a lot for the drugs from Mexico as well as a lot of workers. Yeah, as you know, I was I was involved in producing several shows uh, that had never been done in America on on where all the TV stations, all the radio stations aired Crystal Darkness on Crystal Meth in 2008, 2015. We did uh, Hooked, tracking heroin's hold in Arizona. And then we, in 2017, hooked from prediction, uh, prescription to addiction on the opioid. And um, I'll never forget this. When I, I was at a lunch, Bill Montgomery, uh, the county attorney, was speaking and said, here's the deal. And, and it was him and drug Col- uh, Doug Coleman from DEA at the time. Correct. And I think it was Doug that said, not Bill. Doug said within a five-hour span— a shipment of drugs will pass our border and be in Chicago, Philadelphia, New York, and Washington, D.C. within five and a half hours. And I thought, how is that even possible? You've seen that done. Well, if if Amazon can deliver your package <laughs> Overnight. within a day. Yeah, like, well, actually within or on the, day, the same day. Yeah, it's a big company. Yeah. And they can have transportation stashed wherever they want it and need it, right? Correct. They yeah. have an infrastructure that's similar to corporate. So how does all of that lead you to a chaplaincy? Well, so... Um, <laughs> and which part, which part of that did you enjoy the most? There's so many different components there. I'll, I'll, it, that's, I think I enjoyed each one, and it came to a time where, for me, that I wanted to move on, not necessarily for a greater challenge, but a door opened. Yeah and gave me an opportunity to step into another aspect of it. And I was one that would continue to do that. After I walked through the door, I'd always go like, why didn't I just stay where I was at, you know, <laughs> but then get past that learning curve yeah. and then proceed forward. But for me, I wasn't a believer my whole life. Um, in <laughs> 2013, I call it my BC days. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I like the eight, you know, AC's after, after, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, after my death to myself. And yeah. so um, it was in 2013. There was a, a marked collision, I would say, definitely a collision, mm-hmm. like instantaneous knowledge where I have, um, you know, I, I I don't know. I always say you Christians or now I'm one of you Christians. <laughs> but um, as a nonbeliever, I mean, I had no um, prejudices or issues. It was just, I'm doing humanitarian things. Um, I'm helping people. I don't, you know, see what the difference is. I wouldn't be disrespectful to 
somebody's beliefs, and I'm still not disrespectful. So That's great. But in that, there was an attraction <laughs> to <laughs> believers coming to find that I was around um, and just unbeknownst to me, getting into conversations. And then in August of 2013, a, a realization of, for me, um, hearing uh, the Holy Spirit say, why are you talking to me yeah. when you say I don't exist? And it was how that works is, you know, yeah. a reality. And yeah. from that day forward, both my wife and I, who's over 20 year uh, Phoenix officer, wow. um, just was absorbed into a rapid <laughs> um, um, following of Jesus and reading and and when that happens he just he puts people in your pathway and you recognize them and you walk into them and so that's how I ended up at chaplaincy I was at the highest point in my career the highest uh, salary Mm -hmm. um, in being a director of a uh, anti southwest border anti money laundering uh, unit and uh Paul, Sheriff Penzone was elected sheriff. Uh, there was some other gentleman there. I was helping somebody uh, with uh, somebody that was um, had a misfortune, um, and I was trying to understand the policies and navigate the uh, jail system, Maricopa County jail system. And they knew me. Say, hey, come on over here. I want to talk to you. And uh, they said, I, I told them I'm just into ministries now. And they said, perfect. We want, wow. you know, we want faith over here. Will you come and uh, start a chaplaincy program for the wellness of officers? It's going to be part of our wellness program. And I said no, because at that time, you've got to remember, I'm 37 years into this. And so you have in your life predetermined, I'm going to jump in an RV and drive <laughs> across America. And come to learn that wasn't really my yeah. character anyways. Yeah. And so after praying with Claudia, my wife, and uh, man, it was evident that I was going to quit that job early. Um, and then that's what I did and started over there and uh, just stuck it out because there's times where I'll be honest, it's I don't know which path to navigate. Yeah. But um, as you know, it's more of having joy and peace and then it's what's inside me, not what I'm trying to accomplish. And so just providing peace and a chance for officers, because I'm for officers and detention officers. They have a separate chaplaincy program for um, uh, outside for in the correction system. Wow. I want to hear more about that. Yes. And COVID behind bars right after this. One of my greatest joys in life has been obtaining a vehicle from RC Auto. Yes, I said a joy in reference to buying or leasing a vehicle. Instead of walking into a car dealership lot and facing a horde of vultures waiting for you, you are invited into a calm, friendly office where you will be asked things like, what have you been driving? What are you looking for? What is your budget? That's when the car buying or leasing experience changes into an easy educational experience. RC Auto is not a typical car or truck dealership, 
So they have the advantage of seeking different brands like Toyota, Lexus, Subaru, and more from a broad selection from sources that you never have to visit or arm wrestle a salesperson for. The joy is not being sold, but educated into the right decision for you. For your next vehicle, go to RC Auto, where it's more than just an exchange of keys. It's a relationship. Make an appointment today at me and my RC. So I want to hear more about establishing a chaplaincy program and how deep it goes. You've already, you just mentioned before the break three or four different layers of that program. Correct. So arriving over there, again, um, looking at the sheriff's office, you if you've lived in Maricopa County, you know there's been some changes in history with the uh, sheriff's office as far as federal um, monitoring and um, implementing new policies and procedures to clearly um, record and uh, train uh, in a manner that's transparent and that is in service of the community. So with that, I was coming over when a big change happened. And any I'll, I'll say this, especially for me as a co- anybody come and telling me they're changing something I've been doing for you know a year <laughs> two years uh, it's a there's a there is a curve uh-huh. in and getting some people to understand or buy in it's like it is turning this way we want your input this way and it should be that way um but you're going to still be able to complete your job but change comes hard especially after you're looking at a, a uh practice of probably 24 years yeah. It's it's it takes a while to make that ship turn. So that was going on. <clears throat> Excuse me. Simultaneously, Maricopa County is the third largest county in the United States. So you're talking about ninety three hundred square miles. So when I was called into Chaplaincy, I you know I would think I'd go back to so Phoenix. So that's you know? behind L.A. I. Chicago, New York. I think L.A. would be it's either one or two, you know, as far as counties goes. Uh, This county size is larger than, you know, I think seven, eight of the states like Rhode Island. Um, The point is, it's a city because you're feeding. I I think I I should know the number of 80,000 prisoners. That's two meals a day. So that's how many meals produced. That's what has to happen in moving people. Uh, in complying with all the regulations surrounded around that, then we have the lakes and the air and the ground. So for the common chaplain to, it's a, they talk to me, it's a uh, ministry of presence. And I'm like, well, I've lost. Cause, no, I'm serious. Like, <laughs> yeah. how am I, just me, going to cover right. that much land? But it just, I knew I had a confidence that it was just, the will of my heart, just show up every day. And and, and you're going to come some days, and I'm going to look and go, I could make so much impact somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> I could. So the doubts were there, but I knew I was supposed to be there and continued to go. Um, it's not so, like, so when we say creating the chaplaincy program at the sheriff's office, how many chaplains are there? Well, at this point— I mean, a, I mean a, you've told how big it is. It's a, it's a volunteer yeah. organization, wow. so it started with— me and uh, one other gentleman who was uh, from the Marines, Dennis Weinholt. And so for the first year and a half, that was it. 
But in reality, I was praying to send more people. There was more people that would come up and want to help. But you have to understand, in this type of chaplaincy, it's a bit different in law enforcement. There's exposures. For me, I know as the director, I have to protect the chaplains. That if they're not used to seeing, honestly, the the darkness of what can happen when people are deceived and how they behave— it it well it has impact on the officers. That's why I'm there. Is to there's a there's a whole new way of looking from the military, from yeah. Red Cross, from FEMA, that you have to empty that out. You cannot have cumulative stressful trauma put on an individual and expect that they will not have to deal with it either in their own unorthodox way or with the knowledge that we have now. I mean, the, the, the same things and precautions we have for COVID with a mask or with uh, uh, cancerous agents that we put and implement things, this is going on in law enforcement. And now I think it's finally, for the time I've been there, recognized that there has to be an outlet for this. There has to be an outlet for people that investigate child crimes that know every six months we're going to come and sit with you, whether you want to talk or not. Yeah. But we have to to make something available that if they want to reach out, they can reach out in trust and they can reach out and bear how much it hurts to see this. Now, that number you threw out of 80,000 prisoners, is that just Maricopa County? The, and I mean, we'll, if or you look on our website, it'll have it exact, but we built another jail. So that's yeah. the capacity yes. that we, we can, uh, oh. We have. So um, and then again, like I said, the deputies in the outlying areas uh, have to cover the lakes, the yeah. air patrol, unincorporated areas of yes. the right. county. So it's a it's a big area. So yeah. really what I've come to find is there's more people coming on to chaplaincy and we welcome people to come and look. It's a unique type of ministry, the same way that um, jail ministry is. It's it's if you aren't used to it, I can guarantee you even walking into the jails where I talked to detention officers, I was on walking beat and on the the tactical teams. And Mm -hmm. there's a different pressure or oppression that you could feel when you walk in there that you I hate to say you have to acclimate to and adjust to. So it's not really. Do you feel that the decades of your background from police department to attorney general's office, to now the sheriff's office in Maricopa County, all of that has prepared you for this. Um, can you be, when, with that first day when you walk in, what's that like? Well, it's a different type. I, I'm, I'm dealing with trauma yeah. with the different problem-solving yeah. <laughs> technique, and yeah. it took me a while, and I think it was a blessing for me to understand that to walk into that and to and have the faith that I have that comes from him to know that this is a battle like we say of principalities and powers yeah. this is I it's not about an individual it doesn't right. mean that an individual can't do evil acts and may not change from that but I don't know who that individual is you do. that's right so I have to walk into that so I think over the years I would definitely say am I acclimated to it 
yeah, like I like I understand. I've walked with other people ministering, and I started volunteering in the beginning at the mm-hmm. shelter, and I I used to walk the shelter and walking beat, and my arrest. I mean, I'm not like upwards <laughs> of twenty a, a shift, and oh, so really? I look at it now, and I walk in there. My vision of what I see there, the individuals I see there, is different. Mm-hmm. It's not naive. I don't want people to think that. Yeah. But it's different. I look, I can see them as individuals. I experience them as individuals. And then according to that, I'm going to, I at this point, help them. But um, I'm not a judge in a... Uh, and it seemed, this is a naive question on my part, having not ever been in your shoes. So you're approaching one of the prisoners one-on-one. You do groups, I understand, too, but you don't know what's on their mind. You don't know how you're going to be received. You don't know uh, how that's going to go. You just go and trust. So when you said the prisoners, I want to make sure people understand, and they have to understand this for law enforcement, please, for the officers. Five, there's 700 volunteers, 700 that go into the jails. Okay. 500 are clerical or faith-based. Okay. 500. I just told you, for our agency, what I think we're allowed, last time I checked, 3,200 or, or a little bit more than that, um, employees, me, me, me. alone, yeah. not 500. Just you. Yeah. Now, they, of course, have their perspective uh, places they can go or their faiths. But while they're there, they're under actually my care. And we use outside resources to refer and whatnot. But that is upside down. So think about it, Art. You have 500 in helping the prisoners and they need it. Who has the most influence on them prisoners? It's the detention officers. And having somebody in there to um, keep their wellness together, to their struggles. Because besides the job, which is high stress, they live a life like all of you. They're out there with the stressors of the world, with the sick parent that may have COVID, with a child that has um, um, any kind of ailment, maybe lifelong that I help people with. Or they don't get a high salary. They're going to be evicted. I've had many of those where I step up and walk in with that get them food for if they get sick their it impacts their yeah. salary and yep. so that's the difference is is with the prisoners when you walk in there I'll walk in there and be with the detention officers and talk yeah. with them but again they're so focused on not turning their backs <laughs> um so it is that and 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 it's 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 a good thing but you re- alluded to I don't know what's in the mind of an individual, and is 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 this is a fallen world? I don't know what ailments they have. They have some medic, some have medical issues, yeah. and some just have behavioral issues from their past, uh, and, and it it should not have happened to them. Mm. But again, at that point, um, you still have to be cautious. Yeah, and and the re, re, the ratio that you've explained from between number of volunteers. In the chaplaincy program, to prisoners mm-hmm. is a, a high, not on your side, and detention officers the same, right? Co- 
Correct. One person for who knows how many inmates. And it depends on the um, type of housing yeah. facility, but you're correct. Yeah. You're correct. It's up maybe one or two for, let's say, and again, in general, you're looking at 12 to 15. It it, yeah. it, it varies, but it can be greater than that and less. So, um, how oh, this is really, this is really, uh, so much to talk about, and and we could go on another half hour if we had it. But uh, uh, thank you for for doing what you do in, in the world of COVID. I guess it, it's my guess is it's it's had a drastic impact on the jail uh, for from inmates to the guards to you. Uh, COVID, and when it's all said and done, there's going to be many stories develop personal stories what do you think your story will be i think fears are exposed in people with this and good things can happen from that because they're false there's false evidence appearing real you're seeing behaviors from it that you can either benefit from or expose and then become part of your behavior i think there's a blessing behind it mm. to expose it and understand ourselves and how we treat each other when it comes down to this type of um, ep- epidemic or yeah. illness. Oh my gosh. Thank you for all you do and, and in the full department that you're ahead of. <laughs> uh, I can't even imagine. Um, but you sleep well at night because God is with you, right? As long as the phone doesn't <laughs> ring, I do sleep well because I'm on call. Uh, 24-7? Yes. Okay. Thank you very much, Vince. It's been Thank great you, talking Art. and meeting with you. You are a rescuer. Thank you. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM. Sponsored by RC Auto, where it's not just an exchange of keys, it's a relationship.